Welcome to the Magic Hours Podcast, the podcast where we discuss art, pop culture, and spirituality. I'm your host, Zoe Flowers, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's get into the show. Welcome, welcome back, everyone, to the Magic Hours. I am Zoe Flowers. It is the summer solstice. So it's going to be a fun, fun episode and conversation. And so I'm actually talking today with Liana and Liana and I met, uh, I'm going to let them introduce themselves and talk about how we met and, um, and then just again, the happy accident of how we ended up talking today. Cause we actually were supposed to talk yesterday, but my car was in the shop. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you got too excited about your car. <laughs> I did exactly, exactly. I got too excited about my car and then got a flat. So here we are, and it all happened just so you and I could, uh, you know, spend our solstice together. But for you, it's in the future. So your solstice, you're, you're at, it's wild. Hi, yeah. My name is Liana. I guess I'll just start there. Yeah, go ahead. Um, and I was, I was gonna like pause for a second but first I'll actually while I remember um, let you guys know that I'm a Noongar country I'm over here in the southwest of the Australian continent which is um, I'm situated on like Delia country um, I'm in beautiful wetlands it's actually the winter solstice over here and you know this is this is why we were meant to meet today i think you know like um but i did want to pause i wanted to pause because like i get like a puppy dog and i can't help myself my tail starts wagging and all of my insides start vibrating and i forget to be here and i just wanted to like pause for a sec but i wanted to pause and just like take in this like little moment of gratitude of like what brought us here yeah, because it wasn't long ago that you and I were strangers. <laughs> I mean, and like, yes, we have a whole almost sort of set of ancestry that's overlapping here that's brought us little like footsteps. And I think it's always important to acknowledge, you know, in the same way that we acknowledge our own sort of Lakota ancestors. Like, we have ancestors here from like, you know. Uh, technology you know what I mean from the technology stream that brought us yes. here and then from oh. the, the missing witches podcast coven yes that actually brought our paths over together and I think like massive massive shout out to the missing witches project. oh my god like yes yes I think there's a a confidence and a, a level of integrity that you can lean into when you really know that you're talking with the people that you need to be talking to the people who need to be there listening and they're there because they want all of the same things that you want. They want to hear the stories that they've been missing, you know, and meet the people that they've been missing and who've been missing from my life, you know, Zoe, and now you're not missing from my life. And I'm so grateful. So I wanted to, like, just take a moment to sink into that gratitude and, and breathe into it a little bit. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's just do that. And... <clears throat> Let's take that breath. So let's just breathe in through our nose for a minute. Exhale out. And for me, even in just that breath, when I took that breath in, I felt 
sort of my tailbone just grounding even more. And you've already said so many things about the technology that brought us here, the missing witches that brought us here, our ancestors that brought us here. And when we think about that, one of the things that I can't really actually stop thinking about in this moment too is the freedom that we have to be having a conversation about witchery in public with our like names and our faces and all of the witches that could not do that. And even in modern times, I mean, 10 years ago, Oh, like a, a, thousand a thousand kilometers away. You know what I mean? Like it's it's real. You know? yeah. And that's why we do it. And that's why we yeah. have to do it, you know. Because we're compelled yeah. and it's beautiful. And yeah. if you feel that compulsion that that should be the purpose of you to know that you've got that support. I think ancestrally we have this indefinable compulsion to know that we have it. You know? Yeah. And it brings us it's it's what brings us. This is why we have our borders. There's all these like little four little maps or little uh, little cards um, even that we that we have to share with ancestry to help heal just things and we can bring back the material and make new shapes because we deserve to just because it's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for that. So tell us a little bit more about sort of who you are in the world and I'd love to hear about you talk about ancestors all the time as do I so I'd love to hear about your ancestor (laughs) the ancestor work and all of that so yeah let's get into who you are in the world you know it's funny I I I thought about all of this because I obviously have listened to every one of your episodes of your podcast thank you I know it goes on here long time listener (laughs) yes come on now long time listener like like who am I, who am I in the world, you know? And I'm like, I don't really know even from whose perspective to assess that from, you know? Like, it's such a strange feeling. Um, because I know, I guess, who I feel like I am. But then I think about, you know, who am I to otherness? Who am I perceived as? What am I perceived as? What is, you know? And it's always like identity's always been a really interesting um quandary for me yeah (laughs) and I think anyone who kind of has um you know lived in any type of body or I mean I think anybody anybody any human is really going to grapple with identity they're going to be honest with themselves you know yeah it's a hard thing to to be a human you know and to figure out what that means as you as an individual feeling you know um but this is me, I guess, in that nutshell. Like, I'm always going to make things way more abstract than what they are. I'm the person in the world who they invented the boxes for because they needed to try and understand them. You know what I mean? It, it, yeah. I don't, I don't feel like one thing ever. I don't feel like, uh, you know, I guess that that's a grace that I've extended myself now. That I was never able to, but that that idea that I can like slip into my unique identity and control it if I wanted to, mm. is just like a, a freedom of allowing myself to like be an animal, 
Mm. And that's like a form of grace that I try to give myself every day. That's the one thing I would mainly talk about here. View myself to first. Know the truth of who I am is that I'm divine. Mm. And then beyond that, I'm a human. I'm human to be, you know, a, a femme queer, you know, who's, you know, um, spent a long time of her life masking her ADHD and I'm trying to learn how to, to, to figure out who I am even in those places is really, really difficult for me. And I think if we're honest with ourselves, just about the fact that we are infinitely complex, why wouldn't every day you possibly be a new person? You know what I mean? Why would your identity not change every day? Um, but I think that that is something that's, it's the complicated, needlessly complicated, the, um, the abstract, the never answering a question with an answer. You know what I mean? I, I don't believe that there are, you know, like I don't, I don't feel qualified to answer that question even, you know, even though it's about that. I feel yeah. almost hardly qualified to answer that question. Wow. Because I just, I don't know, I, I think about that a lot and I think there are lots of things that I do think about myself, but I, I'm always in a state of questioning that. I'm yeah. always in a state of questioning if I'm being honest with myself or if I'm being truthful about a situation. And that's the nature of growing. You're kind of being in a space of, yeah. or being at least maybe receptive to it. I'm not sure, but like maybe earth energy. Maybe that's who I am walking through the world. That's how I feel most comfortable identifying. Is I, I do identify with earth energy. Um, and more that I learn about, um, you know, astrology, I, I'm getting like some, some interesting pictures about that, you know, even as yeah. um, But I'm an but artist, I'm an artist you know, like I, I do, I'm a maker, I make a lot of things, I do a lot of things, that includes a lot of different branches, it really depends on who you ask, what kind of yeah, artist yeah. I am. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I'm, I'm a reader, I, I identify really highly with the, I guess the idea of being sentient and the idea of being clear in your feeling, clear in your well, I wouldn't even know, to be honest with you. I feel like I kind of just a sensitive person maybe, you know, being sure. sensitive to, yeah. to whatever comes or to whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I always forget what question you've asked me now. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's fine. Talk it's for too long. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. I love it. Because there's so many like I'm like, oh I want to talk about that. Um <laughs> this sensitivity piece and this sort of clairsentient and so oh maybe for folks maybe for folks who don't know what clairsentience is maybe we should talk about the clairs so what is so how do you experience clairsentience i think my my personal experience more now as i've been assessing it because I think that there's an element that we all kind of go through our lives being these things, maybe when we're yeah. quite young or when we're yes. unscripted in moments yes. when we dream or in, you know, states of being receptive. Um, but the way that I kind of experience it, I suppose, is more like, I feel like it's my animal magic. You know, it's my ability to tap into like instincts and, and like impulse and like understanding that there is an intelligence in my body when I have an impulse to do something that that isn't something to be completely disregarded that that has value Um, and when you lean into those it kind of unveils slightly more about how it feels in your body 
ending what that message meant to be about that particular community. And I, I, I honestly do believe that all humans have access to these prayers, I guess, probably just to varying degrees of difficulty or if I think you, so. You know, I, I imagine, look, I, I can hardly be more, more, you know what I mean, um, sensitive than everyone else that exists on this planet, yeah. you know what I mean? I think there's so many of us that now are realising that, oh, hang on a second, I think we've been kind of looking magical as heck our whole lives and, and we've never totally. really paid attention to a lot of that because a lot of that intelligence is disregarded because it's non-imperialistic, it's non-measurable, it's not something that can be it's it's much more of that patriarchal kind of mindset of absolutely and absolutely. but I do you know I think the the way that I would define presentience is just the idea that you can feel something just feel I I think it's just feeling and and I don't even know whether you need to know exactly why you're feeling it, it it's about learning about the response to that sort of thing do you know what I mean and I wouldn't even know how to just or like deciding to walk through the back of my house instead of the front of my house that day. But I just start to do it. So I think, okay, well, I'm going to continue doing that thing. My body's in a state of taking me somewhere and, and I'm going to learn, I guess, what that is soon. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I guess traditionally, I think they would call it like clear feeling. And I think though I've yeah. always experienced product with being I don't really, um, I've had a lot of people say, oh, you're such an empath. And I'm like, no. I don't want really <laughs> no, to be that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Really, I don't really want to be that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I don't know how I navigate it through my life. Uh, yeah, it's, it's more of like the animal magic, you know, just like working yeah. on impulse, working on your desire. What is it you're being drawn towards? What does that then lead you to? And I think there's a type of magic that exists, you know, in those little um, when we listen to ourselves and we acknowledge that like that too has a certain significance or importance, and that's what usually leads us to some type of magic. I'm not sure. I think it could be different depending on how because it's a felt sense. You know what I mean? It's so personal. It's yeah. got to be so personal, right? You know, like yeah, real experience. But I think it is this idea. You know, like maybe messages run through centers that maybe you just have little, if you're more porous, for example, to something you're going to absorb more of. Um, and some of that might be feeling that, feeling something in your body that you need to move in a certain direction and you find yourself in a location that just brings you to your knees in tears and you just cleanse out of your body the pain that you'd be feeling or something. You know what I mean? There are yeah. so many different ways that the body knows how to get its healing or knows how to get what it needs. And it sends us all of the messages that we make the narratives up here. And we don't have to learn to we don't learn to, we don't, excuse me, stop stumbling over my words constantly. Um, but I think that we don't have to, like, we don't have to clarify feeling. Yeah. If, if, it's, a, if it's a knowing that you, um, I mean, you know when you're thirsty, right? Usually. Yeah. 
um, you know when you're hungry, you know when you need to go take a shit, you know what I mean? It's like, and you know maybe when it's going to be not the easiest shit that day, you know what I mean? It's like, we just, we know these things, our bodies know these things, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's as simple as that, I think, like, people kind of complicate magic as if it needs to be this shattering sort of uh, revelatory experience all the time when you live magic it's just like every day it's natural it's just nature every day yeah 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 I, I oh my gosh I so agree and I feel like for me whenever I'm sharing a ritual with anybody it's very to me very simple very like no frills like it doesn't have to be, it can be this grand thing if we want it to like be that. Like if I want to put on the outfits that go with it or play it the does music more for or it, do know, all or the things. It's more for me. That's for yeah. me. That's to make, that's mm-hmm. to get my mind, trick my mind into like, oh, okay, we're going to go do magic. You know what I mean? Like it's for me to be like, hey, you're going to get well, into it's magic. It's a ritual of a ritual. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're ritualizing yeah. ritual if you want. Yeah, you know? like- <laughs> right. But it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be that. And I love how you keep going back to the animal. I have a friend, Anna, and she always does that all the time. She's like, well, we're animals all the time. And I'm like, never forget, like, never forget, never forget. Totally. Yeah. I know. Exactly. And I had a friend, um, Dennis, and shout out if he's listening and he always used to say that too. And I used to argue with him all the time. But we're humans. This is like a long time ago. We're, 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 above, we're supposed to be above the, the human, you know, the, the animal instincts and this and that. And it's like, no, y'all are right. Like, yeah, we're, we're animals. And to allow ourselves to be that. And I, when I think about the constant separation between we're humans and these are the animals. And this is empirical evidence, so this matters. And this intuition thing over here, it's just like, you know, something, but we don't know what it is, right? And so there's always this just need to separate. And I think that's why we don't, those of us that tap into our clear sentience or our clear audience, which for me is very strong. I can hear things very strong. Does that scare you? I've been scared of that for a long time. <laughs> no. I love it because it's like it helps me get oh, we're gonna have to talk Oh yeah, no, we can talk about it right now because I think for me it didn't scare me at all because it would it always was like a lifesaver. Like so for example I'm thinking about when I was working I was really young really young and um my friends were having a party my coworkers were having a party and I was all ready to go to this party and I kept hearing don't go to this party do not go to the party and so I didn't go and then come to find out one of my coworkers was sleeping with my my partner at the time at the party so if I had gone to that party I would have seen that so it's always like a lifesaver moment so I started to pay attention to it like really early and so when I took now it's like parking spaces like literally they'll be like turn here turn there wait and so when I really started to pay attention because they would be like just wait like if I'm looking for a space so I would just stop the car 
And then I noticed that a car in front of me would just pull out and go. And I'm like, oh, she's like, so you're telling me to wait. So, the, so, so it doesn't scare me at all because it always helps. And that's the one that I depend on the most, especially like when I'm doing readings and things like that. It's because I can hear them very, very clearly. Now, what used to freak me out, um, I went to this, uh, when I first moved to New York, there's this guy, he wrote this book called The Book of Love and Creation. His name is Paul Seelig, and he's a channel. And reading his book and doing his like affirmations that he has, or incantations really, all of a sudden, I would start to get like these shakes. I don't know if you get them, like these uncontrollable like movements. And I'm like, oh my God, what is this? And it's like, yeah, that book for me was like um, a DNA restructuring. And so that plus Reiki really made me start to heal more and more and more and more. And so at first I was like, what is this? Um, because it became so frequent when I moved to New York and when I read that book and when I got attuned to Reiki. So I went to one of his classes because he was touring and he came to New York. So I went to see him and I said, you know, I hear voices and I want to know like where they're coming from. Like, are they good? Are they quote unquote bad? And he was like, it's, you know, that it's spirit because it's not like demeaning, which other teachers have said so if it's like demeaning it's usually like your fears or you know whatever some kind of negative energy or your ego or whatever and he was like it's like a radio station and so you just tune in to the station that you align with so after he said that then I was like okay cool yeah you're in control I think it's like uh I don't know, it's funny you mention that as a It really does make me aware of how many times that has gone through for me too, as in total like swoon for life. But I guess it's something that I've always wanted explicit information. Do you know what I mean? I've always yes. had a desire to have extremely explicit information. Same. Like, you know, just whatever I can get from the speaker. I think it's like, not helpful maybe. Okay. The battery. No, I love it. This is the beauty of this podcast. It's like, I love that. Like, I just opened the window. I love that real life happens on this podcast. I think so. I think, you know, we're also in this kind of like something out there in this we invited them to have these conversations, you know, like <laughs> seeking community. We just want to like hang out with mates and yes, we're interested in talking about. That's what exactly. I'm doing. I podcast all day, every day. I do too. I do too. It really does feel like repression come for us sometimes. Sometimes I feel like it, yeah. um, there's no pressure for me to be involved in the conversation. I mean, obviously it's different today, but um, yeah. In general, like that, I get to have intelligent friends or, or people who get to speak to really interesting people. Yeah. And I don't have to have any part. I'm not expected. There's so much of my existence has felt this like, um, this almost expectant to have a response to everything or to have yeah. a, to be included or to have a conversation. Like in the univer at university, it's like one of those things 
people know your voice because they hear you in lectures asking yeah. all the questions because the impulse is just there to like, yeah. like no one else is asking the questions yeah. we need to know the answers exactly, exactly. you know so you just end up being that person who um fills all the airspace it feels like you know yes and, and it does feel like that a lot of the time because i'll fill my own airspace all the time <laughs> you know yeah myself yeah no one talks to me so yeah podcasts are great <laughs> yep yep i feel like i i feel like i've definitely freed myself from that a little bit um one because yes if nobody's asking the questions i am going to usually be that person but i was at a health food store this is before the panorama I was in the health food store and this lady was asking, and it's a health food store I go to all the time. Like we know each other. Like I cannot, like when I go in there and other people are in there, I get an attitude because I know <laughs> that I'm not going to get to talk to Ani. Like I know we're not going to get to have a conversation because it used to be like, you know, when everybody wasn't going to health food stores. So you so I could go in there and we could just have like a 45 minute conversation. And like the only people that would come in, because they've been there since like the 70s. And it's like a family business. Is this in Brooklyn? Yes. Huh? It, it's in Connecticut. And so, yeah. And so it's called Lynn's. And so I didn't know the original owners. Like I just met, I think maybe the dad. I'm not sure because there's other people that work in there, but I've been going there for years and I could just have a full on conversation. Now, you know, people are healthy. They want to come in. Because sometimes alkaline water and but like sometimes I don't even want anything. Like I just want to go in and just like have the conversation because at for so long there just wasn't like people I could talk to about things like that. So anyway, long story short. So I go in there and this lady comes in and I can't remember what she she asked a question about something and I had the answer to it, but I just got on my phone and went outside. I just got my phone. I went outside. I was like, oh my God, I'm changing. Like, because <laughs> I was like about to say, well, you know, you can do. And I was like, Zoe, she's at a health food store. There are people here. They can't answer her. You don't have to be the expert. And I just got my phone and I went outside and called my sister. <laughs> I was like, yes, you know, I just I just <laughs> I'm changing. <laughs> Witness my growth, please. I love that though. You know, I have had so many of those wake up calls just recently because of like, um, I was medicated for the ADHD and it was something like you, you get to experience kind of um, the, the idea of being able to function like other people, but you still realize all of the quirks that exist that you've been masking kind of your whole life and you have to kind of detangle all of that kind of stuff. But like, that was a huge one. The idea mm. and like impulse towards like getting silence and silence. Everyone needs to breathe every once in a while, you know? Like the whole conversation can breathe, even mm -hmm. for seconds, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's been like a real blessing for me, you know, just to like learn to pause. We don't have to get back to everything we hopefully gonna have other conversations in our lives with these people that we meet, you know, and if we don't mm -hmm. there's always been this sort of desire to get everything out. Maybe it was because I was scared I'd never get someone back into a conversation with me again. But maybe that's why they didn't want to get back into conversation. You never know. We never, we don't. We, we don't learn. Know. We learn. We I'm learning know. even about our own obnoxiousness sometimes. Yeah. Well, that's it too, right? Like, 
I'm like, girl, do you always have to be the one to ask the question? Like, do you always have to be the one to, like, surely your coworkers are tired of you. Like, they know that Zoe's going to say something. <laughs> I had a few experiences like this recently over, like, uh, Mer- Mercury retrogrades where I lost the boys. And I was really? like, well, that's it. This is my lesson. Like, you, your voice can only extend as far as you can literally speak. <laughs> <laughs> and you're being told to shut up. <laughs> so I had to shut up. It was great. It was wonderful. It was like being given permission to shut up. Having no voice, you know. Do you feel that sometimes being a talkative person that you're like, I don't have any choice. I have to be this. I am so compelled. Yes. I feel like that all the time. And I was, I was, I was saying to my mother, like, cause I used to get in trouble. I was one of those kids that I would get in trouble for talking in class. Like that's the only thing I ever got in trouble for. And I got in trouble for it my entire experience in school because I just was always like, mar, 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 all the time. Even when no one was listening, no one was talking to me. I was just. I'll talk to myself. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'll be in the car talking to myself, responding to like YouTube or some podcast or whatever. Um, I'm a communicator. I think that that is exactly why you and I are here today. It's because <laughs> we have a desire to be heard as well. Like there's yeah. a, there's an element of like having to battle against that too as a person of like I know that I have a desire to be heard. I know that yeah. there are some yeah. things I have to say that perhaps you know are interesting things. Yeah. Probably not as interesting to other people as they are to me, but like I have to share them with you. You have to hear about them. Obviously. You know, that's my love language, you know. I'm gonna tell you about everything I know. (laughs) Yeah, and and if I'm in I I talk about my sister all the time, it's so funny, but she's like she like she knows that if I'm uncomfortable, like there's certain places that I go around like family. And I won't say anything. I'll just sit there. Like if I'm in it, like if I'm in, if I'm completely silent, that means I don't want to be there. So, yeah. So there's like a difference, right? There's like, and that's what I'm learning about myself is like, there's a difference between like being in circle and being silent because that's what's needed in circle with um, people. And it's like, yeah, you don't have to be the expert. You can just be quiet and be like um, in observance. That's something that I've allowed myself to do. Um, But then there's another time when I'm silent and it's when I don't want to be somewhere. But I think that you can, this is where being people who read energy is a really handful. Being able to kind of sit here and understand silence and our relationship to it as being different depending on how much we are engaged in that silence. So if you say, I'm in circle, you're engaged. You're making silence because you are making room. Yes. Space. You are listening. You are absorbing. You are holding energy. You are holding other people. You know, 
there's you're still doing something and you're actually quite yeah. involved in that and that kind yeah. of silence is a type of peace it's a beautiful silence yeah and then you look at the flip side of that and that silence is because yeah yeah and i've experienced that with family all the time are you kidding you know this is where you know where we are born to most of our communicative relationship happening you know what i mean is the people who um you know who raise us or the people who are you know who are uh, around during our you know formative years are the people who yeah. taught us how to communicate you know we've yeah. learned different ways to communicate or if we want to communicate different truths about ourselves that other people don't have the capacity for in whatever way of course we're going to disengage Right? Why would you waste your energy? Do you know what I mean? You know like, you're going in a power saving mode. You know what I mean? Right, right. Don't right. waste that energy, you know? Right. Yeah. I and I think it's when we seen. learn to manage it so that it doesn't become uh, like a poison cloud that we're sitting in, rather. Right. You know what I mean? It's, it's like exactly. We don't, yeah. And, and, and like we're witches, we know about the idea of sentiment. We know how to, to sort of look at these situations and, and, and recognize, like, oh, what do I? I'm going silent. Maybe I just like think of stuff outside of my life and totally. instead. You know what I mean? And like That's my right. silence will be better used outside. Maybe I'll That's serve right. and you know what I mean? Like it's just like my I'll be able to observe something I really want to observe out here, you know? Right, right. Because I always had that issue. It was like not being able to maintain my own energies, like me wearing my nazar and just fucking yeah. evil eyeing everywhere else when I'm feeling like shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's always it's also being able to recognize where I because I've been so guilty of that, you know. Like I think we learn those lessons because we've been so guilty of them, and we've been so yeah. by um, doing this, you know. And we're only capable of changing our own behavior, you know. Yeah. So how is our relationship to thyself? I'm gonna be silent for a minute, and I'm gonna let you talk to me about that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm passing that mic. <laughs> thanks. I find so I'm actually thinking about the solstice right now and you mm. being in the winter solstice, getting ready to go into silence. I mean, I don't know what the terrain is exactly where you are in the winter time. It's so interesting you say that. You know, like it's because like everywhere in the world is gonna have such a different relationship to these things, aren't they? Like Yeah. Our our um, different points of our year could kind of have almost identical energy. Do you know what I mean? It's, yes. I've, I've been to, you know, Scotland in the summer and it's, you know, leaving winter here to go to Scotland in the summer and I've left the same climate to go to the same climate, you know what I mean? Mm. It's, so it's like that strange wow. experience. Um, because I am near the West, like I'm on the coast, so I have really strong relationships with you know, winter solstice is like a really good time to be connected and be close to other people. Yeah. Um, it gets real wet. We don't get snow. Okay. Um, but I mean, who knows what kind of change will bring. We've had snow creeping in from like the, the east. Wow. Um, over some of the last few years. So who knows? I mean, yeah. it's, it's hard to say this as well. Like, it's a changing relationship. You have to yeah. be attuned to what's happening around you, don't you? That's right. Um, but yeah, please, I feel like you were actually onto a thought and I interrupted you. Well, again. no, uh-uh, you didn't. I um, was just thinking about 
here in the winter, it is, you know, snowy, dark, cold. And so I've chosen to merge with that and allow myself to sort of follow that season or be in that relationship, like you said, and be in silence in ways that I didn't do when I was younger. Because when I was younger, it's like the party doesn't stop. Like we're going to the club, we're wearing heels in the snow, we're wearing mini skirts in the snow, we're we're 20, we're wearing crop tops in the snow. Like we don't care. We're the party doesn't oh yeah, oh no. No. We're standing out in line in heels. In the snow, that's what we're doing. My fingers feel cold just thinking about it, and I just know that I've done it before, and it's like, I can't yeah, you'll get, so yeah, you'll get warm when you get in the club. So, <laughs> so the way that, like, I fought against that, you know what I mean? Now it's, but now it's different. Now I'm like, it's cold outside. I'll just stay in the house. I'll just flow with nature. I'll just do what nature's doing. Oh, it's spring? Okay, it's time for me to, like, pop back out. Oh, it's summer? Okay, let's go. You know? And you just and you find that you naturally do it, don't you? When you yes. Are, when you want to. You like when you want to be a, a in that relationship with them, sort of just naturally happen. You are like an animal living in that location. Yeah, that's what I'm bringing up again. Up again. There so we go. That's right. No, I know. Listen, I'm full on now. I'm, I've, I've been You're converted. You're I've been converted. I, I have all these animal decks now. It's so funny. It's like, yeah, bring it. But like we do, we are attuned, you know, even if we're not of our place, in our places of origin, animals adapt real quick. They know? do. Like, and if you're paying attention, even if it's, we can only observe the world from our perspective, obviously. So like, for some people, certain theories of the world that look horrible, um, yeah. you know, because of, you know, what, like seasonal depression or, you know, yeah. or people who have, uh, you know, chronic illness or like people who have terrible allergies, you know, like. Even just like mild spring must be a bit of a pain in the ass, you know? Oh, like, yeah. And it's it's interesting to like observe where you exist and how you interact with it. How, how is your body reacting to that location? You know, like you say, this, um, you know, spring has sprung and you start to feel that in your body. Sometimes yeah. even just like the day of, even if it's just a calendar day, there's this like energy change that you can feel. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I've always been really attuned to that ever since I was a kid, but I used to associate it with things like, um, you know, summer meant I was used for holidays, you know, like I was already, already telling myself stories about why I was feeling these things in my body. Like I say, you know, pretty unreliable stories, you know, like mm. when you actually sort of do some stuff to them, you actually think about how it feels in your body. You're like, oh, well, of course, it's like, you know, like it's more sun out. Of course I feel like I want to be out. Also, yep. you know, it's going against that feels, like you say, like pointless, you know. Yeah. Um, we get to, it's almost as well, like you say, like we want to experience the things that we want to experience when we want to experience them. And, and nature just doesn't, doesn't work that way. And it, and it can't work that way. Yeah. Rest. Winter is just isn't for crop tops. We've got like three other seasons, babe. You know, like we love crop tops. We want crop tops, you know. Like, I have on one now. We want to be getting warm in the club, but we want to do that in summer, you know. Like, 
it's just there's a time and place you know it's about accepting that we're like oh no i only get to have this at this time of year or something you know right it's in that acceptance of limitation that i feel like we get to accept our own like and I, I need the rest in winter or like i need to go to sleep you know i need to sleep when it's darker or like just accepting that we I, I feel like I just keep coming back to that word grace, you know, like giving yourself the grace every year. You know, even if animals are gorging on views, you're like, oh, the orchid doesn't, you know, like it will um, And it's not going to work on a time that works for you. It, it's going to work on the time that it works. And we have our limitations, some of us more than others, you know. Like we have so many other things to worry about. Like just let your body be your body. You know, like yeah. it's something I'm still learning. And I feel like I try to learn it all the time. I've dissociated from my body more than my whole life. You know, same. Yeah. That that relationship to your body is such a question. Yeah. And I think that's the that is why. I, well, first I want to say I think that's the gift of of witchiness is getting us back into our bodies. And I think, I feel that that is why the attacks have always been and come on women identified people in particular, or anybody that is on that spectrum of femininity. It's because that witchiness Yeah. I'm sorry, power down on this page here. It's myself like that's the power. Like it's the it's the those things that allows us to do the things we do, right? Like to make yeah. energy. You know what I mean? So let's talk about it. Being in our bodies and being yeah. having access to the complete kind of like an incredible capacity of our bodies for magic. We do it all yeah. the time. You know, like our whole existence of the day. If you want to acknowledge that you can work magic through your body, you have to acknowledge that taking a breath is magical, right? Like, yeah. and we know this. This is a huge part. If you know that you are powerful just by breathing, just by breathing, or just by like contemplating the blood going through your veins. But what about like? Did you ever have as a little kid? I used to have these moments where I would be sitting on the like sidewalk. And I would be intensely aware that I was sitting on the sidewalk. Like, it's like this hyper awareness. And it's still, but it doesn't happen as much now as it did. Like but it was experiencing um, vivid reality. Yeah, like, Just like maybe I was gone. Like, like in... And maybe like I was gone somewhere. Who knows? Maybe I was associated. Who knows? And then it's like all of a sudden I'm back in my body. And it's like I'm experiencing, like I'm actually having a thought like, oh, I'm in my body. I'm looking at a tree. It's like this hyper, like you said, like this hyper. Yeah. I think it is that awareness, you know, like, and like you said, it, it, it may even be the response to turning from that I think it's so. Like this intense really, because I, I experience this still quite frequently. You know? like mm. It's a really weird feeling sometimes. Yeah. To be like, oh. Yeah. If I am experiencing being alive and doing the thing that I'm doing and being really just aware of that, what was I doing? Like, why was I. <laughs> at what, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. Like, exactly. 
great. And it's the most mundane things too, like you say. You know, no, it's, it's nothing. Not yeah. It's the most mundane things. It's not even like, oh my goodness, you know. Like, I, I mean, I, okay, you get it when you're driving your car and you think like, yeah. oh shit, did I drive through like five red lights to get here? I don't yeah. know driving here. You know, that's, right. I feel like that's autopilot. Yeah, for sure. But like, when we're in those moments of like, I feel like almost what you say, like being dropped back. Dropped in, in yeah. Dropped back into existence. Yeah. Um, because I, I definitely, I've had those, you know, sort of when I'm doing my shoes and I'm like, I'm just like weirdly aware that, that I'm sipping a foot into a, like a piece of fabric. Like, and it's, this is normal. And I do this all the time, but I'm right. really aware of the fact that And like, this, this, yeah. And like, like you're you. And, oh, yeah. 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 You know, you know I, I, I almost feel like I've never had a way to describe this. Same. Experience. Until kind of recently when like, I come to that same realization as you of this, perhaps it is this sort of almost just awareness of re, being uh, reintroduced to my boyhood. Yeah, isn't that so interesting? What do you think that is? I don't, I, listen, I, like, I can see it, like, now. I can see, like, me sitting on the sidewalk on my, on my street that I grew up on, and I would be looking up the street, and it was like I was seeing everything for not the first time, but just like, like this. Weird, it for the first time. Yeah, it was like weird. It's like, oh, this is paper, and I'm looking at paper right now, and there are these images on this paper. The way that you describe that actually really reminds me of some of the feelings of like, like psychedelics, of that yeah, exactly. feeling that a lot of people describe of like, yeah. Um, yeah, just being really aware of reality and being like, yeah. I never really noticed that like all of the colors that come through on this particular thing or you know like yeah and i think that it's weird because i have tried psychedelics excuse me yeah. <laughs> not right now i haven't i promise yeah i've tried I've tried them in the last few years and like, yeah it just made me really aware of how different i was already seeing you know like i was like oh this is what people are seeing when they're on mushrooms and i just sort of made the connection that it's like but i see a lot of this all the time you know, like in a, in a, like a, the sense of recognizing intense, intensely complicated and beautiful things. In the world yeah. Of you know, like having that yeah. sort of hyper awareness of my surroundings or of nature, perhaps. Or I'm not really sure, but even yeah. things like lights and colors. And you know, I have colors yeah. here, so I, I see a lot of really strange things sometimes. Um, which is like an after image thing. You know, like people okay. What is that? Neurological issue. Uh, it's called palinopsia. I don't know if you've ever heard of that before. No. So there's two different types. I, I researched this because I was sitting at my altar one day and I was like, oh my gosh, intensely, like crazy things were happening with the candles. And um, I was like, gosh, you know, but of course I'm always never satisfied with just like deluding yeah. myself so i'm out there researching every possible thing okay. and so i looked it up and and it kind of fit what they were talking about was um there's a two types and it's one is illusionary palinopsia which i think is what i have okay um and then there's sensory palinopsia and so for me illusionary palinopsia kind of manifests as like um 
Well, I mean, I see light differently. Like, I see the full spectrum most of the time. So if there is a pleasant point of light, Wow. Um, sort of auric, auric, sort of, not around people, I've never yeah. seen auric being, but it feels around people, but and it, it, what it is, is it's essentially up for mm. So if you see like a, for example, I've got like a ribbon around me, if you step back and stare at it for a moment, I can just take it over here. Oh, yeah. And it will imprint on that wall and it will get larger yeah. maybe and it will change colour. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? These are the types of things yeah. that you lose your focus. Um, yeah. You do often when they're, when they're negative. Are the times that I think people um, you know see when they're when they're sort of hallucinating, they're getting almost like a window into how people like us see all the time, almost all the know? time. Like a, like, yeah. yeah, and I think that it made me realize just like how connected, you know, yeah. like take, taking um, it made me realize how connected I was because it made me realize how situated in reality I was. Just like you say, mm. the sort of like intense feeling of being embodied in that reality in that moment and very intensely aware of um what i'm doing what i'm seeing feel quite clearly um maybe that's not part of our experience maybe our experiences are too like um intertwined on a regular day basis maybe you get the clear mind voice and then the feeling voice and then the observation voice i'm not sure like i don't know I think it's really interesting to have these conversations, though, because mm -hmm. in the same way that, like, um, you know, I've seen a lot of strange things in my life that it's actually not that unusual, you know, like, we're having these mm -hmm. conversations, you know, two people who met across the world mm -hmm. who can agree that we're seeing the world differently mm -hmm. to other people, you know, like, I've never had that sense of um, connection with other people, you know what I mean, in, in the sense mm -hmm. of, like, being able to now be here in this world where we get to communicate with other people who think differently, who see differently, and we get to admit that openly to the world. Like yeah. you say, you know, there's that. It's a vulnerability that I think um, has made me so brave. Yeah. You know, yeah. Stepping and willingly, you know, into this. And do you have a specific um, magical practice or um, like folks that you practice with where you are what's your what is your practice like well I mean it's quite interesting because I, I guess I don't really like assess it all that much you know like, yeah because it was just sort of like day to day I feel like I've, I've always been a baby you know like trying to practice magic yeah and I'm completely unguided, like yes. completely unaware of anything. You know, like yes. my last name is um is Lukashku, which is yeah. like um the Esku or Asku denotes like child of, and, oh. and um Luk means wolf. And so I spent like up until I was like 23 years old, maybe like this is I was a kid who was obsessed with wolves, like just obsessed with wolves, that weird kid who was obsessed with wolves, you know, and like when I was 23 was when my parents told me that's what my name meant, you know what I mean, it's like that. Even when there is information, even ancestrally or culturally for like your heritage and that it's just not really thought of as important to pass on, you know. And like these are elements of just like who I am as a person. That's my last name. That's my inheritance. You know, the one inheritance, really. You know, and like, um, and here I was already connected to that notion, but like, 
Yeah. And so I guess in that way, I feel really strongly about all about responsibility about teaching kids. You know, it's just like, yes. I say teaching kids just because I kind of, I'm a, I'm a kid, you know, like, like I've yeah, never I've felt like I've not been a kid, you know. Like, yes. Like, I, I think that all of us kind of have those elements of ourselves that need to be talked to anyway. Yeah. We're all being separated from our ancestry. And I think you, you mentioned something before when we were talking about this idea of like when we know our bodies and we know what we're capable of and we know we're powerful to hold them, and that's, that's where power is. And, and you said that you were like, of course this means those people are tired. They can access that power. And I kind of have that view for everything. You know, I'm suspicious of anything that anyone tries to do nowadays because I always wonder what it is that they're trying to conceal, what power they're meant to try from you what stories are you keeping from me and <laughs> ancestry is power you know yeah. we know this we know this yeah. because we know that our ancestry is our environment you know yes. I think that that's it's a huge like sort of fundamental part of my practice is just the acknowledgement of power sort of you know you know what I mean? These are the systems that I am completely aware of. Like everyone has access to the idea that they are a human animal. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I try to think about the ways that I had to construct DIY, shabby, construct my ancestral practice. And I think to myself, like, if I had known some of these really fundamental concepts, just about the fact that I've always had that ancestral practice because I am my ancestor, like my body is literally made up. It doesn't matter what cultural practices somebody had, that's not who they are. I am who they are. You know, and I'm exactly everyone that they laid out all those little stepping stones to get to. I'm exactly who I'm supposed to be, right? So like so much of my ancestral practice is just kind of trying to breathe on the ways that using my ancestors almost like a crutch. You know what I mean? Like mm. of being able to say, you know what, if I had I you talked about the uh, hearing the voices and listening to the ones that are what was the word you used? Uh, like, um, like in alignment. Like yeah, tuning yeah, into yeah. the radio station. Yeah. 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 And it's like I just kind of think to myself all the time, like I don't know what you're feeling. I don't know what life I don't know what you need to listen to. And that's the like the kind of beauty of being able to admit that I just know nothing. So why can't everyone know something? You know, if, if, if I don't know anything, then everything is possible, which means it just opens up all the channels for messages to come through. And, and, and so whatever, I guess, practices I get led to, I don't have any strict practices i guess to answer the question like properly mm-hmm. instead of mm-hmm. going on my weird on no my i love it shit, shit. <laughs> <laughs> but i um you know like my my practice is primarily ancestral focused and i think the reason i say that is because my objective is to be a worthy ancestor you know what i mean like i i I don't think there's anything else I can be, you know. I don't know if I can be on this planet and do anything more than what I can do. So if they want to guide me, I can't really think of anyone better who knows me better 
you know what I mean, to support me in that. And and it helps me develop a relationship and a trust with myself because if I have to trust them, and I trust that they, um, I have to trust that they trust me. And and it's been a huge part of my, I guess my learning process has mostly been around trying to really tune myself back into my integrity. Mm-hmm. And that's really the only compass I can use spiritually is my integrity. Mm-hmm. And kind of constant dialogue with that, you know what I mean? And constantly mm-hmm. questioning what that is, then I don't feel like I can. Yeah. I don't think I can do that. Whatever I do, whatever I come to see, if I can navigate it through constant uh, discernment, you know, constant discernment, constant questioning. I'm never going to be satisfied with delusions. My brain is just too, we get so bored with that, you know what I mean? It will always mm. habitual with that. You know, I really mm-hmm. want to find truth, but I've only ever been able to come to the, the determination that I, you know, I, can't, I can't know fully anything this is, but I can trust that, trust people when they know that that makes sense to you. you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I have so much more of a sense of um, gauging people's level of intelligence and wisdom through how much they know themselves. You know, because if you're the lens that they're looking towards, well, you probably know that lens, right? Like, mm-hmm. how are you going to know anything until you can't? You can't know, you know, what color the lens you're looking to is. Like, is it tinted? Is it dirty is it scratched does it just like need that little you know like you know like we've got to be um tending to ourselves just because um i think ancestors demanded of us you know like if, if the thought comes to your mind i don't i i want to be clear about this little distinction between anxiety voices and cool like, you know this is where we listen to the aligned voices you know the ones that make us reassured because like i said you know i don't know what happens when you die but i don't imagine that when you're crossing over that barrier that you don't drop all the shit you know right you know like we're dropping the stubbornness of punishing someone to teach them a lesson. Our ancestors aren't going to go down that route because they know that positive reinforcement is going to get the message through faster. You know what I mean? They're not always going to be nice to you. You know what I mean? Like, let's be clear. They might be harsh, but they are never cruel because it's not going to work to be cruel. You know what I mean? They're not going to get the truth of the message through to you by being cruel to you. And I always try to tell people because it's it's important for us to make the distinction between what we we need to hear the messages that we don't want to hear sometimes, and they are mm-hmm. going to come through and they're going to smack you in the face with those messages. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. we have to respect those grandmothers out there that are like just you know like it's mm-hmm. just like this, and you just have to get it done. We can't be sensitive to that. We have to be able to hear the love in that. You know, mm-hmm. this is so much of the world that has taught us that angry people aren't loving, that angry people aren't righteous, that all of these ideas, that these emotions that make us feel uncomfortable don't have their own wisdoms in them. You know what I mean? Mm. We can have a mean have grandma. A mean grandma. It, you know what I mean? Like, she might just be a green, mean lady. You know what I mean? But it doesn't mean she doesn't love you, you know? Like, doesn't mean she's not, like, 
cleaning up your wounds, you know what I mean? Wow. And stinging, stinging you in order to heal it, you know what I mean? You've got to be comfortable with the idea that people can be um, people just going to be who they be, you know what I mean? I think that that's the, wow. the other extension that we give to us is that we've got to be who we are, you know? And there's all different kinds of wisdom in that. Listen, I should have came to you before therapy. We should have a regular. Somebody should have told me that a long time ago that people was just gonna be mean, honey. Because I thought Sometimes everybody was just yeah, yeah. Is that is that? And true? you know what? That was one thing that I used to my benefit a lot of the time when I was like, I used to be really scared. Like I come from Christian upbringing, you know, and it was very much like people who feel spirits. You're feeling demons. They're not spirits. They're not your ancestors. They are demons. You know. And so going to bed at night time, I'd be like laying in bed and I can feel things tickle on my feet. I can, you know, hear things, this, and I can, all of this sort of stuff. So I am, you know, like rightfully pretty terrified. You know how I reframed that? You were talking about reframing with your sexy wig there, the sexy secretary reframing. Like the way I reframed this in my mind was I imagined a really old Baba, like an old Baba Yaga at the end of my bed, poking my feet with needles. Because she's doing acupuncture or some shit. But I just got to trust mm. that grandma's looking after me. You know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah, trust yeah. that the, the old lady's, like, doing it out of love. And I've just, like, relaxed into it. And I'm like, cool, grandma, just take care of my feet while I go to sleep now. And, like, so I got this big, ugly, you know, old-looking Baba Yaga at the end of my bed who would have been terrified me as a kid, you know, the yeah. this old, scary lady at the end of my bed. Yeah. And I'm like, nah, fucking take it away, Baba, go. Like, and yeah. I sleep so well with that, with knowing that, like, I can reframe the idea of being fearful of something to be like, that's my protector. She's scaring the shit out of anyone else who's coming out for me, you know what I mean? It's the idea of using, like, a gargoyle, you know what I mean? You use something scary to ward off the scary. Why not use it for yourself, you know? Yeah. You were scared yeah, yeah, yeah. of something, make them your protectors. Oh, I love that. So I got a bunch of demon protectors. <laughs> Use what works, hey? That. It worked against me. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. yeah. When did you when did you make that shift? Was this as an adult mm. about the Baba Yaga? Oh, look, that was probably like in the last two years. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it takes a long time to like to like That's amazing. Christianity, you know. I think if you've really been it's it's not really that. It's like because you're living in a world that was built on the principles of a lot of these notions you know so you're like reinforced all the time right right all the time mm. so like as soon as even you step out of yeah. like uh maybe even the organized concept context of religion you're still kind of confronted with all of those notions all day every day you know um but dude it took me a long time. oh how do you feel about dude sorry i always check that with people I'm like what? i use it all the time i talk like a 15 year old boy all the time what Dude, I don't know. Some people feel like uncomfortable oh. with the term. Like, don't call me dude. I'm like, oh, sorry. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. No, I don't. No, I just do like that. to double check sometimes. That's <laughs> so funny. No, no, no. I, I'm just. Uh, wow. I'm just thinking about all the times that I was scared in my sleep, like when I would feel something on my bed or whatever. And now I'm like, oh, okay. I guess this is just my protector. We'll see if that works. Mm, because mm. I think that I mean assess I mean, the assess energy, energy, you know, like yeah, it never, yeah, it doesn't feel scary. It's just me feeling like something just sit on my bed, like 
And I like so to think I'm, of them like animals as well. Like I have like a kitty that comes around every once so I feel like these little ones in my legs and I'll be like, oh, they're just making bickies on my legs, you know, like the little okay. cat baking biscuits. And Did and you have a cat? Maybe it's a dog. Nope. Never had a cat in my life. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So now I do in spirit, maybe. I don't know. It's a little imaginary cat friend I have. Right. Maybe it's a dog jumping in the bed. Right. Maybe. I had pets growing up. Actually, the first time I had Reiki, um, there Ooh, were dogs. You need to dogs. tell me more about Reiki because it's something that oh. I have like put off for a long time, but I am thinking more and more about it. Well, here's the thing. Okay, so I love it. I love it. Um, so I used to have this person in my life that would was doing Reiki, come to find out, but she would never say what she was doing. She was one of those spiritualists that never wanted to share what they're doing, what service they're doing for you. <laughs> and so, because uh, I would- Yeah, like, try and get away with that now. <laughs> yeah. Right, I'm like, right. And I was always like, okay, girl, whatever. Like, fine, whatever. And so, but she said that she saw like puppies in my energy when she was doing a, what I what I consider to be a Reiki treatment at, at this point now. Um, and Reiki is like that. Like I've thought when I first started doing Reiki and I'll tell you, so we say Reiki is like acupuncture without the needles because mm -hmm. we work with the chakras, but we also work with different energy points in the body, but we don't have to touch. Sometimes we do. Um, sometimes we actually do touch the body. Sometimes we do it above the body. And what we're doing is just allowing ourselves to be a channel of universal love, energy, whatever people want to call it. We are not the channel. We have just attuned ourselves again mm -hmm. to that energy. So they call it a Reiki attunement when you actually become a person who can um, facilitate Reiki because you're just attuning to the energy that we all have to heal. So, um, so the first time I got it formally, um, went to my Reiki master's house. When you house. were told what you were getting. <laughs> no, exactly. Because she would do these treatments on me and I would be able to feel like, and I lived in Florida, she lived in Georgia and she'd be like, just close your eyes. And I'd close my eyes. And these were the healing sessions. And I could feel like circles and energy and things happening. And I was like, oh my God, what is that? And she'd be like, don't worry about it. <laughs> For years, for years. Anyway, so I can't yeah. stand. That's one thing I I don't I don't get. You know, like is going yeah. through like an experience. I don't think I could lay down on a table with someone who's like, just yeah. trust me, and I'm not gonna tell you. <laughs> like you know, I just don't. I don't. Yeah. Like, I want more information. You know, like it's my body. You're reading my body here. <laughs> exactly, and. But we started as just like homegirls, as friends. Mm -hmm. Like I think we met at like an art event and we just kind of clicked. So we didn't start out with her doing like these healing things. But then just from being friends, it was like, oh, you do healing work. I do. But I wasn't doing healing work formally. I was just like always just like this witchy person. I was into crystals and all these things. So we would talk about all these things. I certainly was not doing readings. Never thought I would ever, I never, mm -hmm. no, I don't, no, no, no. I didn't think that was something I could ever do. Um, 
So I would get these readings and things. Once I started getting readings and things like that for her, and then she started doing this healing work on people, and she just wouldn't tell people what it was. Yeah. And then, then there was this other experience where I went to this person, and I started floating off the table. And she just put a crystal on my back, and then I went back on the table. She didn't even know what she was doing. Can you imagine? And I felt all these hands. And I felt all these hands on my body. It was supposed to be a massage. And I'm feeling all these hands. And then the next thing you know, I literally feel like I'm floating off the table. And then I and then I get this for this crystal on my back and I'm back. She's at work. I, I never went back. I never went back to her. I never went back. I was like, I'm good. So I think that's as, a lot of my issue, my love. It's been that. Like, I don't know if I can be that open because I guess that fear, you know, like a <laughs> yeah, just dropped like a stone from the middle of the sky, you know, like what? She was just like, Crystal, yoink, on my back. I have considered getting energy healing for a while now because I know that there are quite a few things that I need to get tuned Yeah. Um, yeah. And also just because I've done so much work on my own that I know that there's more that yeah. needs other expertises, you know. You should. That feeling. Yeah, I think it's just that feeling of like I put it out there to the universe because yeah. I really don't feel comfortable laying in front of somebody who I don't feel like... Like, if I don't meet someone through a channel like this, yeah. it makes me feel as though I can sort of lay there and not be gendered and not be, uh, you know, sort of, I don't know, made to to be pulled out of those states of receptivity. I believe yeah. people can heal even if they're prejudiced. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't yeah. believe magic is discriminated that way, you know. Like yeah. People can do magic even if they're, you know, racist, even if they're this, even if they're that. It, it works. Magic right. works. That's right. But. I'm not going to lay on the table with someone unless I ensure that that person has had to assess their own um, experience in this world. You know yeah. what I mean? I want to I want to go and see indigenous, by POC yeah. people who have, you know, or 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 queer people or or you know, neurodivergent people who I feel like can kind of hold my experience better. Yeah, you know, and I think that yeah. that must be like you know, you're you're someone who's gone and tried a lot oh yes you know what I mean? oh and oh this is where i'm like it's that yeah i value <laughs> i value this perspective you know before going out and seeking that you know yeah i mean again this was like a, per, a person that was in our sister circle so you know it's like a lot of us we just would we were just kind of experimenting with things well she wasn't because she had a whole spa everything like people went to her people loved her Nobody else said they had that experience that I had, so perhaps it was just like my energy. Bottom line is, I also think like, do you ever? Oh, sorry, excuse me. I'm interrupting. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was gonna say, do you do you ever wonder sometimes, like, I guess there being like maybe like a an understanding of why someone would be like so seven of swordsy about 
their practice. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, like there yeah. is that, like, ele- you know what I mean? Like, I kind of get it in some ways, yeah. but I'm like, yeah, I just feel like as a person to receive something like that, that's, yeah, that's what I can't, you know, like, I have to know a little bit well, about what you're seeing or what you're feeling at least, you know? Yeah. So, so I think that, um, that there is a thing there this particular person there was a thing around power and hierarchy so which i've experienced a lot with different people in my journey so it's like they want to be here and they want to keep you you know what i mean so there's always needs to be a little bit of i'm better than you or i'm better than everyone there was just kind of that um anyway and you probably find that everywhere won't you you know what i mean like this yeah is like, you'll find that anywhere that's just people yeah well, that's you know? just yeah. people <laughs> well and, it, and just people whether it's capitalism or not mm. people are going to be that way some people are going to be that way so mm. so that was just her personality and i didn't mind i didn't i because i didn't I wanted to know. It wasn't a big deal, but I didn't know, right? Because also there, there's always been so much secrecy around magic and around healing. And again, you weren't, you know, in 2000 and God, it had to be like 2004, 2003, 2002 ish. Um, we weren't out publicly, and like nobody was talking about Reiki at that time in Atlanta. I mean. No, I didn't learn about Reiki until I moved to New York and that was 2012. So I was in a lot of circles with people who were doing a lot of things and they weren't really talking about it. So her not telling me what she was doing didn't bother me at all because we were friends. And she also just had that lens where it's like, okay, she just wants to feel like she's whatever. And that's when we became not friends was when I was like, okay, girl, like you going too far, like with the control. And that's when we became unfriends. But um, yeah, I didn't think that was a big deal at all. I did feel like it was a big deal when I rose off that table though, because I didn't know her like that. We didn't have that friendship and I'm coming to you for a service. I'm paying you. Like if something happens while I'm on the table, you need to be able to say something. So for me, as a, when I became a, a Reiki facilitator myself, I was, I asked for my treatments to be very gentle because I had one person in the beginning when I was first starting and they said the energy felt very intense for them. And so for me, I like to go full on. Like I used to go to New Orleans and ask to be possessed on there. Like I have a whole story about how I went to New Orleans, got possessed. Like I, I, I like, I do a whole bunch of foolishness. Like I just go hard just in life period. And, and don't ask really questions until it's a little bit too late. So, so, but as a, but as a practitioner, I'm like saying to my spirit guides and my Reiki guides, okay, you all need to be gentle. Because I never know where people are when they're on the table. And I never want anybody to be scared because this particular person was highly sensitive. 
So the energy felt very intense. And I do work with, we have Reiki guides and we have our spirit guides. And it, I work with Mother Mary sometimes. So sometimes I'm calling people into the space depending on like, um, you know, what's happening on the table, what I sense that the person needs. If a person is carrying a lot of things, we're going to have to do a little bit more work to give them that relief. But I want it to be gentle because I never want people to feel the way I felt on that table because that scared the shit out of me. Like, I wasn't into like stuff like I am now. <laughs> you know, it was like, you know. I think you were, slow, like it, it, what surrender is really like, maybe your energy was responding to something and maybe yeah. somebody didn't know what to tell you was happening because they I didn't think so. know what the hell was happening. You know I think so. It's like, I think so. It's almost like a being pulled and pulled towards that work. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, no, something's going to, like, you think you're coming in for just this, but yes. it's going to be bigger than what you think. You yes. Like, yes. And so you I've don't. so few experiences with other people, you know? Mm. That's been my so much of my issue has been that we to tune out other people in order to heal myself directly. Yeah. Um, because I just can't negotiate my own energy with other people sometimes, you know, like I don't mm. I have so much trouble assessing where those barriers exist yeah. energetically. Yeah. And um, oh my goodness, it's like looking into some shit in there. You know what I mean? Like just being unable to distinguish that. And so as soon as I realized that I needed silence and to be away from people, I became a very solitary practitioner. You know what I mean? Like, because it just, I was able to actually just hear myself. And I think, like, the only thing that I've been craving outside of that has been able to be able to be hold space or, you know, set it because I've always been the person to, to hold that space for other people. And it's always been at that expense of, of my energy, you know what I mean? And being able to lay on the table and say to someone like, hey, like, you know, like feel around, do you know what I mean? And feel okay about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I have been looking into that so much more lately, you know? And I think yeah. I'll definitely be talking to you a little bit more about that, I think, because we have to book some services, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And the good thing about, you know, the good thing about Reiki is that it can be done the computer obviously it's best and you know in person but we've had to do what we had to do you know um even before covid we would do things but um it is i've been very grateful when i've been able to get on people's table and and actually receive yeah i'm doing an interview so yeah i've been very grateful to have had that and uh and I've also had to really get better about my own cleansing of my own energy too because you're right like I definitely have accumulated a lot of energy from mixing it up with folks in the way that I have and so I feel like the pandemic has been good for me in the sense of really pulling me out and letting me be in that hermit. Well, you mentioned mode. like it was the first time you'd stopped in like such a long time. You know? Oh, like, yeah. Being able to have that, I think, is something that I just relate to on so many different levels as well, but also from that sort of, I guess that's like neurological level of like my brain is never, you know, ceased. It never ceases, you know. Yeah. And there's never a point where I can't 
and I, I struggle very much to get to anything that ends. You know what I mean? Mm. And I think this is something a lot of people kind of struggle with because, you know, the HVE in themselves is that hyperactivity. People think it is all physical. I mean, I tell you what, for me, it's very physical, but like, when that physical channel is shut off, it is all in your brain. And it's like you lay, to, lay a bed at night time and 10,000 people are having a conversation in your mind, you know, and you're trying to listen to that spirit message that you set a spell out for and you're like, come on, please. <laughs> just, a, just the one message tonight, please, you know. Um, that I, I've had to be so pulled um, away from other people, but I really do, I feel like I've broken down a lot of those trust barriers that I had with being able to be in space with other people, you know, like, and I've only learned that by allowing myself to be held by other people, you know, by, um, by booking readings and by really seeing that other people have, you know, real insights and perspectives often that, um, you know, it, it's made me feel comfortable to kind of keep pursuing trusting people to, to do that for me. Yeah. I'm so skeptical, you know, like, I, I really have, like, um, yeah. You know, you go from like uh, the Christian upbringing, which is basically like uh, God is real and anything else that exists that isn't God is evil. And it's like, well, that doesn't make any sense. So that can't be true. So then nothing can be true. Maybe nothing is evil. And you go through this deconstruction stage where you're, you, you've forgotten that you're still trying to look at it through a measurable lens. You know, a Reiki can't be real because how and this and this is, you know, it's not even so much that you're looking at it as though it's evil anymore, you're just looking at it as though well, it can't be real. And it's mm -hmm. like, I mean, now that I'm at the place that I'm at, I'm like, everything can be real. Mm -hmm. And it's beautiful. And my whole existence mm -hmm. has completely changed when I gave myself the grace to be like, well, you don't know shit. Why would you assume you know anything? Like, everything could be possible. Mm -hmm. And it's like a beautiful gift I get to give myself. And then the world has opened up. You know, you channeled through so many messages on your podcast. On this podcast, you have channeled, you know, like, I got so many. I was peeling an orange at a time when you were giving someone a reading and telling them about how they needed to eat more oranges. And so I'm like in the middle of it, I'm like, no way. Because I had, I had said at the beginning of that episode, I literally took a photo of myself. I have to send it to you. It's very funny. Oh my God, please send it. Please I was send like, it. Like, 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 oh, really? You know. Oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> um, I have so, actually I have a few messages, uh, pictures I'll have to send you because they're really funny. Oh my God. I actually drew a little doodle of your, um, of your, uh, when you were reading out your poem on the missing, which is, um, poetry special. Um, I, I did a little doodle when you, and I've been looking everywhere for it. I've got to find oh it. It's so hilarious. It's so hilarious. It's <laughs> I got to see this doodle. I got to see the doodle. I got to see gonna the turn, doodle. I'll turn it into a proper picture, I promise, and I'll send it to you. But yeah, oh I definitely will show you this doodle as soon as I find it. But yeah, like I, I um, oranges have been a huge thing lately. You know, like I have been to an orange and tasted my grandfather earlier this year. And I was like, oh shit, he's going to die real soon. <laughs> you know, like there was just all of these wild things what? that happened lately with oranges and yeah, like oh, to, I, I don't even know where to begin with any of that. <laughs> oranges, let's just say, have channeled through quite a few messages this year. Really? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, actually, there's a, the wild story of how my grandfather did die. You know, this year is pretty wild as well. You know, like it was. I just, I wouldn't even know where to begin with half of this. You know what I mean? It, it's like the, this is so much of the struggles that I have with my mind. It's like the, um, 
responsibility to make things one sentence that feel like they should be a whole book you know what i mean like mm -hmm. trying to tell a story and i want to include absolutely everything in it you know okay um, as you're talking now i'm looking at i'm looking at i'm gonna look at the birth chart that you sent me yeah, don't yeah, tell me anything yeah, just keep yeah, yeah. keep talking keep talking i'm gonna look okay okay um, um was so funny as well because like earlier like i said i i bit into an orange and i tasted my grandfather and i was so sure that you know i was like oh shit he's gonna die soon you know he was back in romania and my dad doesn't have any relationship with him um at all you know and, and for good reason for um, my dad but I, you know my dad has recently opened up a lot about about his sort of earlier life and and it was at the weekend that i um went and stayed at my dad's place just to go hang out with him because i imagine a lot um and like um, he's been teaching me a lot about like his psychic experiences and things like that, oh, things that he was never really open about before he met Christian. Um, that that relationship really opened up and it was really beautiful. And so um, I've been nurturing that by just like going and spending a lot of time with him. And I set up those interviews while I just put my phone out and record and we'll talk about stuff and tell him about you know family members and all sorts and things like that. And um, you know this this weekend that I had gone to go and stay with him. Really opened up about a lot of things that he had never really talked about before, and I felt something. He channeled in his grandmothers. All three of them were in this, you know, in this room with us. You know, I showed my dad my tarot cards, something that I had never done before, because of uh, that sort of Christian. Uh, no matter what these no things are dealing, you know, and he's examining each one of them, asking questions that I would have never expected him to ask, and I could just feel. The grandmothers were there, you know, like I could really feel all of them. And um, wow. there are so many women that have loved my dad, you know, and, and in lots of different lots ways, of different you know, like to. Like to, like to <laughs> there have been so many, especially older women, who have just seen something in him, and they're all their ancestors first. Just talking about his father. Abusive. This is a you know, really, really uh, that ancestral trauma is real. You know, it's really real. You know, but in a way that I'd never heard them talk. And he's telling me this story about lightning that had given him some sort of message through spirit, and he had seen something uh, and repressed memory information. You know, and it was all this really like quickly. And as he's speaking, this lightning flashes across the screen. In and, real time? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, um, we just sort of both paused. None of us acknowledged. Yeah. Okay. And then we, he ended up sending me home. My dad's an artist. He sent me home with like a good bird that he had done, you know, uh, an imagined sort of like scene. And it had this lightning strike across. And he's like, I don't remember why I did this. That was 20 years ago. Sent me home with that art piece. And the next day my mum calls and she said, oh, did you... Did you know that Tataya died? And I was like, when? And it turns out it was basically around the time my dad and I were having this conversation. And it was about him. And the story was really intense, you know, in terms of what my dad was able to, what I felt like my dad was able to really release at that moment by telling me this intimate. sort of healing from my dad like the last possible feeling that you know that he could kind of get out of that relationship 
mm-hmm. which you know was very awful relationship. Um, but in that moment, he died. And my dad and I both strangely met. The next day, my dad called me and said, did your mother tell you that your grandfather died? And I said, yes. And I'm like, did you know that he was going to die? And I was like, I felt like he was going to die. And my dad said, yes, dad, I knew he was going to die. Strange, like, we were both sitting there in this strange agreement that we had both known in that moment that he had died. That we had both paused after this lightning strike and just continued on with our business. And it was just like that weird connection, that moment that I was like, oh shit, yeah, no, we are family. Like we, we were, whatever energy we were reading together at that time, we just kind of were like, oh yes. And we continued because it was just natural in that moment, if that makes sense to you. You know, it was like, it was like we were in a communication in energy. And it's just like, um, wow, more and more opportunities are opening you know, and I, I feel mm. so blessed, you know, to really, you know, I never thought I would ever be able to have those conversations with my family in general, mm. spirituality, you know, but to have my father reveal so much of himself, you know, so much of his his path, you know, he saved my life, I died, and, and it was only him that, you know, yeah, this is what I'm telling you, babe, we're going to have to have so many We're, we're going to have to have a part two. We're, we're going to have to have a part two. We're going to have to have a part two. We're gonna have to have part two, <laughs> or just have private conversations. Just yes, for you and let's me. do that. Yes, uh, we have to set an itinerary. <laughs> we do because yeah, because this uh this time difference here is uh it's so late where you are, but you're a night owl, right? Right, I am. Yeah, and so wow, I know. There's just so many small stories like that that like. I, I wouldn't even know where to begin, you know what I mean? It's like, I really have always felt like I needed to write a book about him specifically. Ever since I was a kid, yeah, I just had this weird idea sure. where I'm like, I'm going to write a story about my dad. Yeah. And now that he tells me all of this, I think, oh my goodness, it just connects so deeply to everything that I'm interested in now, you know, like everything. And I realize I must just be kind of meant to tell that story, you know what I mean? Like I'm meant to at least tell his story. Yeah, all or the gifts he's given me and all the cycles he's broken with on my behalf to be able to live the life I live now. I owe, I owe that story to be told in a way. You know what I mean? I don't know. Even if it's for myself, you know, because I wanted to hear it and I only get to hear it now. You know, like, yeah. And I'm so fascinated by your last name as well. I like what, like, I, I'm like, did they? I'm so, did they share? where your last name came from do you have an idea well the interesting part about that is that like i did a i did my ancestry tests you know and okay. they sort of uh they gave me like geographical locations in the balkans you know baltic um, tribal lands were where we came from and and what's interesting is that the the localized clan around where my family would have come from were the dacha which are wolf worshippers and yeah so this is what i mean this is what i'm saying like how much that could have revealed about my ancestry had they told me that that's what my name meant you know what i mean it's, it's such a small detail exactly like the small and this is why i really believe in telling people everything you know you know like tell everyone everything you know tell everybody everything you know because you could be giving them life-saving literally information 
and I'm so I'm so firm in this now. This is why I never shut anyone up. It's seriously, it's not like I know what they've done to me, and I know what they can do. Like I have just this unbelievably strange love. I mean, I love my ancestors, sweetie. Like I don't know anything, but I love them. You know, like mm. even every part of them. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's, it's because we erase the human ancestry a lot of the time. We erase the fact mm. that these people were complicated. They were not yeah. humans. You know what I mean? They were the older siblings who who took care of the whole family. They were the the uh, you know single mother who had to do sex work to make sure that their daughters got an education. You know what I mean? To be able to afford that education. There are Every single person that we get to be that we're persecuted by. You know what I mean? Like I do. Mm, I do. And that they, is just like by heart. I can't describe what that feeling of openness and heart feels like and that love. In hard times. All of them. Yes. In you know? hard mm. times. Mm. Where there was like you know, us, we have an expectation of joy, happiness, what we deserve. Mm. Like, they could, like, it's expecting to live. It's expecting to not be yeah. part of your house and be, you know what I mean? Like, it's. Yeah. Mm. If you have a house. Mm. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, exactly. Like, we went to a friend of mine uh, years ago, went with a friend of mine to um, El Salvador to stay with her grandmother. And it was so funny. Because every morning we would get up and we'd go outside and her mother's and her grandmother's like um, sort of patio in the front of the house. And we would go out there and meditate. And so her grandmother came out one morning and was, you know, like, what are you doing? And, you know, my friend was like, espiritual, you know, meditacion. Mm -hmm. And she was, and her grandmother was like, por qué? Like, why? And then she was like, I can't even remember what my homegirl said, <laughs> like, to make us feel better. So her grandmother just, like, looked at us and just turned around and went in the house and was just like, you girls, like, like, you're ridiculous. Like, you're ridiculous. It's 11 o'clock in the morning and you're out here burning incense like mm, I mean she just she just was like the privilege of it all like she didn't say it but like her whole body was just like wow must be nice ladies <laughs> to be you know like at your age and just to have the freedom to just roll out of bed and <laughs> and I mean this is like everything you know what I mean like and it, it's funny as well because it's like a large percentage of the world do not have even exactly. That, you know? This is what like I'm saying. A larger percentage of the world. This is know? what I'm saying. Like mm. she grew up. Well, she grew up between El Salvador and um, San Francisco. I grew up in Connecticut, right? And so here we are. You know, two you know BIPOC ladies. You know, and the grandmother. You know. Lives in outside, you know. And you know what? And you know what? Like that as well. If you separate that image of two BIPOC ladies who have the time and the energy exactly and the resources to do yes. this thing, we're we're living in different spheres, you know. This is and what like I'm we celebrate this. We can celebrate this. It's like it's all, it's all and real. It's all truth, you know. Yeah, and I'm mm. sure. Mm. Oh, she was like, "You girls are outrageous!" Like. Mm. Congrats on like de-stressing because <laughs> I think my friend was saying like stress and like 
<laughs> but I also feel like a part of her too was like tickled by us. Yeah. And like yeah. all of our like wishiness and like all of the things that we're doing. But it's just so funny. And so one of my ancestors, well, a lot of my ancestors came here because I went to this medium when I lived in Florida. And so my grandmother came here first. And I had, it's so funny because I happened to have her ring on at that time. So she came through first and she actually apologized for being so harsh because she was that harsh grandmother. Like she was also like a very good cook, whatever. She was, she was great, but she was, you know, stern. But she said the reason that she was like that was because I was such a sensitive child and she was trying to like protect me from the world. Like she was trying to make me hard. Mm. It didn't work. Like mm. that's just not my. But so many generations were but trained that's... to 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 do just this. Yeah, that's what she thought she had to do. I know that your experience is going to be hard as a black woman. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm going to make yeah. sure that you're ready for that. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's in what the she, way that that's, I know how to prepare you. In yeah. the way that she knew, right. And that just mm. gave me such, and then of course my father came through with just like pure humor. But, um, aren't they so oh, great? So I just, I, just I, yeah. I love how sensitiveness, like so many people forget the humanness of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's so much sense of humor out there. You know? Yeah, he came um, in yeah. with humor and, and apologies as well. Um, but yeah, to, and that was, very helpful that to humanize them for you know what they did while they were here mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. and it's like that acknowledgement that we get to change our relationships that we're not this static human person and that we get to give back and have the opportunity to give back in a way that is helpful to people yes it's almost like I imagine that that would be a real bridge that Hmm. To have those moments of realization of like, you know, I really need to communicate that I I know better now. And that hmm. I saw it before that I, I know that the person is going differently, that I see better now, that I understand this better now. And I imagine that'd be like a pretty strong compulsion. I think I would want, you know, like if I had done done things that I can see that there would have been a better way that I would let someone know that that might have impacted. I think that I would have a really strong urge to want to come back and deliver that message. You know what I mean? Of like, I'm, I'm sorry, I know better now. You know, like I'm sorry, I'm doing, I'm trying to do better now because I guess maybe it's people like us that kind of understand the value of getting up from the dead. But yeah, that sort of seems a little bit superfluous to a lot of other people. This sort of concept of like the dead learning because it's like, well, they've already impacted us, they've already hurt us, and then they go. You know. Yeah. Um. But a lot of them are willing to take it. I think so. so yeah, some do. Work is really important. You know, like we give them the opportunity to, if you want, even have those that judgment. You know what I mean? Of like, well, now they've forgotten what the life that they lived. You know, and I think that the ones that are ready and the ones that want to, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think we do. Like, there is a part of us that goes for it. You know. You know, not personally, depending on your own personal capacity, mm -hmm. your own relationship, your mm -hmm. own everything, you know, like you're the only person who can make that call. Um, I, 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 I often feel that it's not just for me. And I think it's because I am sitting in this massive planet right now in mm -hmm. so many different ways, frankly. Mm -hmm. 
um, that once I recognize something that I can do that allows their healing, I know I'm also doing it for other people. So by recognizing that, I try to incorporate it into my little list of responsibilities towards that. Do you know what I mean? And it's mm-hmm. like, um, it's a way that that relationship can be rest, like reciprocal, you know, that we're not in this, like I'm I'm not just getting healing through this relationship. I'm not just walking over to my ancestor altar and crying every month or something when I'm having a breakdown, you know, and filling up their glasses quickly to say a prayer, you know, to quickly get something done. It's I allow them the space for my healing certain things to say like, who else is this? You know, like who mm. else feels this way when I'm feeling so broken and I go to my I'm inviting everyone else who understands that feeling mm. to be there with me. Mm-hmm. It's in my bones, it's in my blood, it's in my body, that that stress, that tension, that everything that needs to be released is not just my part, you know? Yeah. And so I try to do that. That's one of the practices that I use ancestrally. So that if, if I if I have the capacity to hold certain ancestors, um, I'll invite them if they want to come. You know, if they can resonate with the specific thing that I'm dealing with at that time, you know, mm. and invite them to come and offer either wisdoms or to come and kind of bask in some of the healing if they need it or if they can, you know. Um, and it's just that small service that we feel like we can give, but it's really all that's asked. Exactly. This community, you know, like yeah. you to be there and willing to meet them. Yeah. Um, that's all that really a relationship with your ancestors requires, you know, is that that willingness. Um, and I think that we know this, and this is something that has been really, really, you know, sort of proved through the last few years of this mantra that I've been talking about, people who are involved with ancestors as well, that really is that. Of the world, a lot of ancestors need to see how much a lot of this information is left untouched. And and if you think about how much it's helpful, you know, just to like be aware that I come from somewhere for a start, yeah. you know what I mean? Be aware that yeah. I have, you know, that my genealogy is like a quarter inch from Frisdale, you know what I mean? That I've moved in time more so than I've moved. Do you know what I mean? And that's yeah. with my ancestors. I don't know. I think that that's something that I would love to make sure that I know. I do. Even if they don't want to do it spiritually, even if they don't want to do it magically. You know what I mean? You can just do that by being a human every day. You know? Like, like, yeah, I think it's just so important to, to, I, well, I, for people, you know, for black people in particular, it's really challenging on the one hand because the, ancestry the way it's been marketed uh, comes with a lot of shame and I feel like a lot of people cover that up with like intense Christianity and so then we have that oh that's devil worshiping on top of it and it's really we really do ourselves a disservice when we don't at least acknowledge them. Like I don't live at my altar, but I have one here. I have one in my apartment in Brooklyn. I give them stuff. I don't really ask them for anything. Um, I probably should, <laughs> but Definitely I don't. Try. I don't really Why not? You know what I, mean? I don't know. Like, I, don't know. I just don't really ask them for anything. I don't know. I really, more, I think probably cause I don't think they really are into 
magical stuff anyway. So it's I like know, it's interesting I give them. That, but it's, it's... I don't. I mm, they're mm. not really mm-mm. even with the with the medium. My father, she said, my father was kind of like in the background, like, what are you doing? So I give them things. But what about like ancestors from like? Six thousand years ago, just you know, like twenty thousand years ago. Like, yeah, it doesn't have to be blood, but may, but mostly I work with my spirit, my spirit guides, and yeah, I mostly just work that way. I know I should, I should do. I should. It's just, it's just a thought, you know. I, I like yeah. to think about it like your ancestors are whoever you come back into. Right? Yes, like, definitely. Remember that you have a definitely. lineage of like living on this planet you know what i mean like a, definitely a, the elements are our ancestors the the mountains are everything you know we live yes there. and i think and like, like um the ability to ask i think is like you'd be surprised about how many of them want to give i think probably maybe yeah. there's just that moment you know like as yeah. i think about myself if i was on yeah. the other side of that i'd be there like this come on so we ask me for something ask me i want to prove that i'm on your side you know like I'm the cool ancestor, you know? Yeah, I don't really, it's so funny how I don't really, yeah, I just, I, I dance for them every once in a like, I'll play the music they like, I'll give them a cigar and do that. Hey, that's but good shit, you know? Like, but I don't really ask shit. for, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ask yeah. them to dance with you, come and dance with me. That's all you have to do. Now that's come dance cute. with me. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Because it's just their time. They're you just ask them for some of their time, some of their energy. Just come dance with me, you know. Like, and it's come back in the day when I would get readings all the time. It would come up that that's why I started working with them because they were like they want to work with you. You know, they want you to work with them. Da 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 da. But yeah, I'll be asking them for stuff. Just just give me a parking space. Yeah. <laughs> Just give me a parking space. Just the important stuff. Just give me a parking space. Just give me a parking space. No, I do. I do need my house though. So you know what, mountain ancestors, most enlightened ancestors, you want to help me with this house? But I also the shamanic practice that I've been engaged with for the past three years has been about shedding a lot of ancestral heavy energies. So. Yeah, so that's the work. So the other, so Sasha, the other person that's in Australia, the work that we were doing is called dream planting. And we do a lot of shedding of the, it's it's a lot of dream work, which you know about. Because didn't we talk about the last time we talked, the lady who went to Australia and studied with the indigenous people and um, they put her in the mud and she wrote this book, something, something in the dream time, read so I want to hear all about this. Oh, I yeah, wish this, this was a conversation lady. we had. I can't wait to hear okay. about this. <laughs> so one of my, yeah, no, this was a book that one of my mentors um, gave me years and years ago about this white lady. She came from here, I think, okay. and from the States, and she wanted to study or do something with the indigenous people. And she came, but she was too Western. She just had too much of the Western stuff on her. So they, like, stripped her naked, and they put her, like, in the dirt to like cleanse like the capitalism and like all the stuff off of her and then they took her through all of these rituals and she wrote a book about it and it's a great yeah and she came to australia um but it was something in the dream time but i say all that oh, to say look, i think we've talked about the dreaming yeah totally. yeah and about the dreaming yeah yeah read something i don't know read dirt in the dream time i don't know but um i'm looking as i'm talking to you 
Mm-hmm. My That's understanding a good of, the, of the dream is, is um, you know, like as, as this sort of uh, cosmic space, you know, like mm-hmm. that kind of liminal space. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's something that, you know, is, is talked about even a lot in, in my research on dreams. And uh, a friend of mine, actually, I was just introducing her to books that she had done, Elena McGuire, who's a school with and um, she did this beautiful display of like non-dreaming dreaming stories. She did mm-hmm. them like the water made in blends and stuff to tell the cryptic stories. I end up sending a YouTube video out of oh there because Jeez. it is like so magical. Honestly so magical. It's one of the most spectacular things I've ever seen in my life. Um, but to actually be there like you know, in front of like the grandfather ocean, you know, and being part of like what that land mass and what that specific area meant. Um, yeah. And then I watch it on TV. Is like just a kind of gift that is something that you know my education would never afford. You know, I'm yeah. living on this land. I've been living on this land for a long time, and I've been learning, you know, from the wrong people. You know, and then same. <laughs> you know, it's it's yeah. it's exactly that, you know, and I I just I felt so privileged to have been like, well also that's my mate, you know what I mean? Like I went to school with this person, but yeah. just like she is taking off right now, you know, like mm. telling like cultural stories, you know, like mm. as an artist it's really, really important to like I don't know, just just respect game, you know, like yeah. Elena is just killing it you know yeah and i have to show you these videos i think yeah. I, um i sent them through to a couple of other people i can't remember yeah. who i'd said i'm literally Please send them. about everyone else <laughs> yeah yeah i actually yeah. had a list of people that i was like ready to shout out to get you know what i mean because i just yeah. i'm only who the people that i've learned from you know what i mean like i only know what i know because of everyone i've learned from exactly and there's just so many cool people <laughs> exactly exactly well i'm excited i want it and i would i wonder if they'll want to be on the show if there's anybody else who you think that we can have conversations with because this okay i have your chart is there anything that interests you about your chart it's great no I, I guess that i'm not i'm just i'm like i guess empty houses there's so much empty houses oh i guess is what i was confused like i just I have those two. Yeah. What is it like? I just, I yeah. guess it's more like, um, yeah. What is well, they're what, not. I guess what's the sort of thing that, um, is it, the, is it that there's something that's required in that space or is there something that, um, you know, I guess mm-hmm. I just never really understood and I'm quite new to astrology in general. Oh, okay. I feel like I picked it up. I feel like I picked it up, um, in its essence pretty well, but, um, I guess when it comes to things like that, like I, I'd only really looked at my natal chart maybe two, three years ago or something like okay. that. And so even just the idea that houses, you know, have certain significance. Oh, that I can't yes. like, keep in my active memory. You know what I mean? I can't, I can't actually keep that in my head, you know? Got it, got it, got it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, but they're anything, not empty. Really, anything that pops out, like anything that you think of that pops out. Yeah. I mean, earth energy is pretty obvious. <laughs> Yeah, and they're not really empty because you do have signs there. You just don't have planets in some of them. So, um, yeah. Is the time here? 
20, September 20th, um, 27th to 3. I love it. I love it. So... Taurus looks like it's so I would say that the houses where you have a lot of things happening like the 10th house so um your 10th house is pretty lit up so the 10th house is what you'll be known for in the world and having Pisces in the 10th and Pisces is your is moon as well? Wait, no, Aquarius. No, 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 Aquarius, Aquarius, Aquarius. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm bugging, Aquarius. Um, so Aquarius moon. I guess that's one I've always been confused about. Is generally my moon sign because I like. Yeah. I I feel I feel everything else. I get I get sun and rising as in like for myself. But as Aquarius is moon, it doesn't necessarily. I'm like, oh, I just never really. I don't know, and maybe I, I don't really kind of understand it as a moon sign. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Aquarius as a moon sign kind of feels unusual to me. Well, there's lots of Aquarius moons. Um, <laughs> yeah, I feel sure. like I was speaking yeah. to an Aquarius moon. I feel like the interview I did yesterday, I feel like she was an Aquarius moon. Yeah, mm. I think she was an Aquarius moon because she was Taurus sun, Taurus rising, and I think she was an Aquarius moon, I think. Mm. Um, so your moon sign has the final say. You should, you'll relate to this because the moon represents the primal aspects of our personality. And so having that Aquarius, you know, Aquarius is the innovator. Aquarius is about the collective. Aquarius is the humanitarian. Aquarius is about freedom. So for me, that's like your wolf energy right there is like that Aquarius moon. Whereas they run in packs, they travel in packs, they, and they're also primal that's the most primal part of you is the moon and so whereas the sun is like the most basic part of the personality it's like okay fine it's like that's where the sun was when you were born it's your personality fine mm -hmm. your ascendant is how you're seen in the world but the moon has the final say that's like your unconscious drives, your dreams that you don't share, like your unconscious motivators, the things that you try to keep secret. Those are all the moon. So having that Aquarius there could also be like some of that separation, that needing to separate because Aquarius can be kind of like the you can't sit with us sign. Like I'm not okay. like other girls. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, I'm not like other girls. I'm not like other boys. <laughs> like that's that's like typical Aquarius energies, right? Um, but again, also that humanitarian aspect mm. very much. And you know what's so, weird? I, I think I got confused about that because in my mind, I've always associated Aquarius with Jesus, just the concept, you know, because like, I know that it, it's a very, hmm. there is like this kind of tangential idea of like age of Aquarius, this person who is heralding a new kind of, um, yeah. or questioning a religion, you know what I mean? And trying yeah. to this, that, and the other. It's kind of, I don't know, I've always associated, that's why it confused me maybe. <laughs> I mean, because I was looking at it more as like emotional, you know, rather than like, um, you know, and the way that you sort of describe it as being more like um, connected to, like you say, that much more natural oh, animal. 
artistic primal aspect is, you know, is definitely makes more sense for me, I think, yeah. Well, uh, the moon you were seeing as emotional or Aquarius? Yeah, like just as in like as a more, um, I guess I've always uh, like looked at it even more so as like, um, you know, like whatever governing the emotional body. And I always just sort of thought to myself, like Aquarius doesn't really seem right for my emotional body. You know what I mean? Like, I guess because Mm. it's never felt as organized as what I imagined Aquarius would be. Mm. Well, uh, I mean, it's the moon. So there are going to be emotions there. Um, I would say again, raw emotions, primal emotions. And so there can definitely be, um, some contradiction here because with an Aquarius being air, air by its nature is detached. Air by its nature is cool. You know, um, traditionally it's also ruled by Saturn. And so that's where you're going to get like the Aquarius that can be very, um, stringent, very controlling aspects that people only really people who get to know Aquarius is really well um, get to experience that controlling nature that they have um, because of that because of it traditionally being ruled by Saturn um, and so with this again being in your moon being in the tenth the tenth again being like what you're going to be known for in the world you know, could be this art aspect that we have here of being a little bit different. Um, Again, because Aquarius is going to be a little bit different. So creating or even presenting in a way that's just a little bit different. That's just like, you know, doing your own thing. (laughs) Going your own way. Um, Bucking the system. Um, that could be something that you're that you're known for. Um, let's see. What is that sun sign giving? I mean, and then we've got. Virgo, so you have Libra in the sixth house, which is interesting. Damn, and you have Venus in the sixth. Wow, that's really interesting. So, sixth has the sixth house has to do with family, and the sixth house is Virgo, and the things you do every day, not family, the things you do every day, your habits, and things like that. And so, having that Libra and the ruler of Libra in the sixth house is really interesting to have that um, that Venus in Virgo. So I would imagine that there would want to be some refinement um, in the things that you create. There it is. It's here in the sixth. Oh, my bad, my bad. Oh, we have, wait a minute, we have the same placement. Oh, wait, no, Libra and, Libra and Mars. Let me put Because I know I've got, um, I know I've got, or Venus and Leo. Wait, hold on, let me see. What am I looking at? Hold on. Get my glyphs. Mm-hmm. 
So let's talk about the Libra first. Libra in Virgo. So Virgo is about the things that you do every day. It's about your habits, but it's also about service. So, so this could be where the justice comes from, where the wanting justice comes from for the collective that also links to having the Aquarius moon, that wanting for justice, and that Mars in Virgo is like, you'll fight for that justice if you have to. You're not, you're also not going to be above fighting for your habits, your structure, the things that you do every day. And you could also experience some like um, conflict because Mars is also about separating because Mars is fire and Mars is about initiating, but Mars is also like the God of war. And so it's like, if people try to like, interrupt your schedule or like how you think like how you need to do things they might have a little bit of a problem like a boss <laughs> like if you had like a supervisor or something like that that's like you have to do this 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 and this you might have some, yeah you might have, no some, one else might have, have me. <laughs> some issues yeah for sure you might have some issues there for sure with that mars in yes, virgo absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, nobody's like <laughs> gonna be telling you like like you need to do like. But there could also be volatility there mm. because you might not also want a set schedule. There could be some like conflict here because it could be like almost like explosive because you want to go and do fire and like initiate things and it's like no, you need structure. You need to do this. You need to do that. You need to do oh, that. And then just, having that yeah, Libra there for sure. Yeah, right. Because I think it's a necessity Libra. for Libra. You know, like, I think it's more of like, I need the Libra more than to balance it out. Absolutely. Yeah. To balance it out because that Mars in Virgo, it's like, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, one thing I always think about is like, air feeds fire, but fire feeds feeds on earth. And Mm -hmm. I am so earthy, but the way that I overwork myself, like physically, my physical body, it's like just burn just burn or crash you know like and it's that um you know like a 100% reserve percent sort of idea of like I I work until my body breaks and then Mm -hmm. then the body gets rest you know what I mean and it's where it's like trying to tell me to get this 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 equaled out in some way you know like I've got to figure this out because I am not getting younger you know and no one else is stepping in to parent this kid you know like I have never been able to work on like structure for that. You know what I mean? Like the structure yeah. for that. So that's something that really speaks to me. I think. You know, yeah. Like the, yeah, that's something I can relate to. That resonates for sure. I'm trying to see where your um, what was where your Gemini was, um, and your Mercury, because you know that's oh, my a lot of that. <laughs> Shoot, I can't. Keep closing the um the the email. My 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 Mercury is in Virgo in the fifth house. Oh yeah, there we go. There we go. I mean, but you just you just made it with that uh, Virgo. Yeah. You were almost a Libra. You were almost. You almost. You almost. 
us when you almost was with, <laughs> you almost was with us, girl. You um, we almost got you. We almost, we almost had you, but they then sucked you sucked me back. <laughs> you kicked us to the curb. You kicked us to the curb. Y'all seem more fun. Y'all seem more fun. We are. <laughs> No. I am one. I, I can one. vouch I can for it. Like, we're not that fun. <laughs> you almost, you almost. No. That's, uh, so the fifth house. But this is good. This is good. So the fifth house is ruled by Leo. The fifth house is about your inner child. It's about your creativity. So it's actually, it's actually better that you have that Virgo in the fifth, actually. I mean, to be honest, honey, because it's like, me, it's like my creativity like I want to eat a sandwich and watch YouTube or something like that. But you you having that that Virgo in the fifth, you know, it's like you've got that you do have the structure. Like when you have to sit down and do what you have to do, you're gonna do it, you know. So that's actually really good to have that there. That's I nice almost feel in service to it as well though. You know what I mean? It feels almost yeah. like now that I say it out loud, it almost feels like that Virgo's like being in service to that Leo. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. Of like um, that creativity and that you know what I mean. Like it's the one thing that I feel like I can actually bring something into the manifest world. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. It's really the only way I know how to do anything. It's yeah. like so hard for me to describe. It's nice. My experience with artists is because to me it's just so integrated into like everyday experience. I guess you know what I mean. And and, and yeah. Virgo, maybe allows that, you know what I mean, a little bit better than, than um, you know, the scales that are sort of, you yeah. know, not, I don't know what I'm doing, this with scales, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, maybe exactly. maybe that structure does aid me, yeah. Yeah, and what you got going on, so my favorite house is the eighth house, what you got going on there? Mm, empty. Oh, okay. Yeah. Empty. Empty. That's what I mean. I guess that's what I was curious about. It's just these like yeah. little blank spots where everything else is so jam packed. You know. Yeah. Mine is like that too, though. Mm-hmm. Mine is like that. I've got some. I've got um like a stellium in the eighth house and the ninth house, so they're pretty stacked. And then I have some just other places that are just like. The sign is there. Yeah. But Not this lifetime, you know. Like yeah. maybe next lifetime. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So do we want to do a reading before we wrap? Because I do want to yeah, let you go I to bed. Do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, to go to I, yeah, I will definitely have to call it after that. But you're making me very excited. And I want to definitely want to have a little, just a couple, just a little, just a couple Let's little tastes. Well, I mean, yeah, we've been on the phone for two hours, like, which I feel like we did the last time. Yeah, I think we did. Yeah, that's. We're just we, too good at this, I think. We are. <laughs> we are. We are. We are. Okay. So... What do we want to read on? Maybe looking into that structure is a good one for me then. Looking into like the creative structure I can get is really good. Okay. Okay. So the way we'll do that is we'll do the circle first and then we'll do what to embrace and what to release. And we're going to use the crow to write. So do me a favor, and as I'm shuffling, just go ahead and close your eyes and just say your name three times out loud. 
I'm just going to invite Leanne Marie she goes missing with your ancestors and spirit guides into this conversation to provide the information, confirmation, and inspiration that we're looking for specifically right now around focus and we're also going to say intent. Zoe Flowers, Zoe Flowers, Zoe Flowers. And I invite my most enlightened ancestors and spirit guides into this conversation to provide Brianna with the information, inspiration, confirmation that is needed at this time. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. What you trying to do? Are you going to fall? Okay. All right. Got it. Uh, what do we have? What do we have? We have another focus. One more focus. Thank you. Wow. This came up yesterday with a totally different deck. This is mm -hmm. so interesting. This is so interesting. So first of all, before we get to the remedy, they want us to talk about what's getting in the way. So we have five of cups. So one of the things that's getting in the way is focusing a little too much on the past because we also have the seven of cups so we've got the five of cups and we've got the seven of cups so cups we know is emotions and so if you see our dear crow here our dear crow is looking at the cups that have spilled having their back turned to the cups that are full and here it's like so many distractions not knowing <laughs> what, what what cup to you know to actually pick, what emotion to actually focus on so that's what's happening it's like going back and forth between the past and then oh my gosh I have so many choices oh my gosh I don't know what to do and then feeling sort of triggered or activated from this space of not knowing what to do. And it's like, oh, that reminds me of the last time I didn't know what to do. So it's like going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. What's the remedy? So this is going to be a state of mind or a picture or a feeling to drop into before you begin your projects, etc. What is the state of mind or what is the the imagery? Because they're going to give you an archetype, which is interesting. They're going to give you an archetype. Reclamation. Soul retreat. And does this not look like Reiki? Is this not exactly what we were talking about? Is this not exactly what we were talking about? I feel like I'm feel being like shoved, shoved towards, towards this. this. You know, like I, like I said, they're not they're not gentle about it. They've been really yeah. So that's why I really wanted to know about. <laughs> so it's like this image. I'm gonna take. I'll take a picture of this and send it to you. It's beautiful. Maybe you even want to like create. They look exactly something. like the channels all over the body, don't they? Yeah. Mm. And it's like, maybe you want to just look at this, put this picture somewhere where you'll see it, or maybe draw something in response mm. to it. This is about reclamation. And so this is about, and you see there's also almost like a face here. I've literally never seen that before. Mm. That face. That's the first thing I saw. You know, that's so interesting. That's I've never seen that. Wow. 
Oh, so now I'm seeing that it's the breath. They're literally laying hands as well. Like, the, yeah, and they're also and laying the like. So it's also like working with your dream time more. Not, it's almost like seeing your work while you're in this state. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Okay, yeah. The issue is that I can't hold it once I come out, if that makes sense. It does make sense. That's a lot of the issue, yeah. I wonder like dream if, residue, it just falls away, you know? I wonder mm-hmm. if you can, um, when you wake up, if you can just like journal or draw or doodle, whatever it is, that residue that you can catch. Because this is this is about reclaiming. And this this has been sitting here at the bottom of the deck. And even when I shuffled it, it's still here. It's like the mm-hmm. present. So it's like firmly coming out of the past and past distractions and being in this present time and this and reclaiming, ah, reclaiming who you are now, reclaiming who you are today in this moment, even if you don't fully have a grasp on it if that makes sense like if even if you don't have to have like a firm identity but it's like Mm. moment to moment to moment Mm. there is a need to decide fully that you're here in the present and that you deserve to be here and that your art and who's here being in the world deserves to be here as well if that makes Mm. sense Mm. it really does thank you Jordan I think these are things that I've been thinking a lot about lately, you know, and like there are sometimes these things that feel like uncrossable barriers until they reach the barrier of your mouth and you spit them out and you yeah. realize that there are quite a few options, you know what I mean? Like yeah. It's a bit, being able to say that to somebody else, somebody who can feel that and channeling something, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. And there's it's, something about when we had that conversation about dropping into our bodies, yes, maybe that's why we yes. had that conversation. Mm-hmm. So it's like dropping into that hyper focus and reclaiming, mm. reclaiming your presence here. Mm. Let's see what the birds have to say. And it's kind of like that's that's the only thing that there is to focus on. We got the finch. New opportunities and choices are opening to you now. Claim them. And I so feel that right now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> being here right now is evidence, you know, I feel like. Yeah. And it's like a part of claiming is reclaiming. So you've got claiming in here twice. In the present moment. In the now. I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. Anything? And they have one more tarot card. One more. Yeah, they're like, we're here. We're breathing into you. We're giving you life every day. Just like, be fearless with it. Mm-hmm. That courage is definitely something I've been asked to step into, but I like, 
it's a new it's a new concept you that's know what it. I mean? that's, yeah, yeah. that's it but it's definitely needed and then oh you can't i'll do it in a minute okay <laughs> turn the television off it's gonna fall this happens all the time background okay stepping into the courage yes and then we have the queen pentacles this is what happens when you claim what what no sorry that, yeah that's one that comes up all the time that's mine that's the one they send me yeah <laughs> yes every day i ask them and they'll send it to me every day yeah well, here we go it's um it comes up constantly and it's one of those ones that has come up and it's been like, bitch, this is you. Wake up, you know, like it keeps coming into that, like, you know, you have this capacity, you can be this, you know. Yeah. 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 And so there we are. We have the queen. She has all of her things. She has the she has the resources that she needs. It's Earth, which you are Earth. Um and what did what did you have in that tenth house again? I forgot already. I would have more sense. The tenth house is Aquarius, is it? I have oh, uh, oh yeah, moon and I think my Saturn maybe. That's right. That's right. Okay, so your moon. So your moon. Thank you. Thank you. So yeah. So that's you. It is. Yeah. They're right. That's why you literally have the moon in the tenth house, which is ruled by Capricorn. Pentacles is Capricorn, Virgo. So there you are again. I mean, Earth. I've got so much Capricorn as well in my chart. Yeah, so So Earth, right? So that's Earth. So that's your Taurus. That's your Virgo. That's your Capricorn. And so this is this is you at your core. But the thing about well, I can speak to Capricorn because I have a lot of Saturn in my chart and I have a Capricorn ascendant. It it never we never feel like we're doing anything. Mm. We never feel like we're doing anything. The Capricorn is like, who cares? Nobody cares. Keep working. No one cares. Keep working. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Yeah. And so then we take on that. Oh my God, you're right. Nobody cares. I'm not doing anything. I haven't accomplished anything. And so it's like, that's why we have to do the soul retrieval. Because the Saturn, that Saturn will lie to us. <laughs> that Saturn, you know, those that heavy Saturn, that, that Capric- those Capricorn placements will lie to us and just grind us to a pulp and make us just think that we have to just work and work and work and work and it's like no we're going to stay in the present moment where the sun is shining where we're opening up to our opportunities and claiming and claiming that we are the queen of pentacles we have everything we need we're never going to not work okay we're going to work but it's like come on Yes, I guess we have it's like to... learning that there's power in those moments has been really powerful. You know, like you say, there's there's power in the work, there's power in doing all this stuff, but there's also power in just dropping back into your body after yeah. associating in that busy work period yeah. and, and really remembering that you're there. Yeah, I can do, yeah, because one thing Capricorn, people with Capricorn placements and Saturn placements can do, we can't work. We know that. This is where it gets a little tricky finding the value 
the value in all of the ways that we express ourselves. So, yeah, that's what I have for you. And the second house is about value, right? It's ruled by Taurus. And so it's like, what do we value? So looking at your second house as well and just seeing what you have there and, under- <laughs> and understanding that, um, you know, okay, yeah. So you're going to go back and forth with what you value. That makes sense. Yeah, you've got duality there. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So not beating yourself up about it and just understanding that it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And just that seems it. to be a pretty resounding message that's been coming through lately. It's just like, it's chill. Don't worry. Yeah. Everything just is as it is. It's going to just yeah. go the way it's going to go. Yes. Ride it. <laughs> like our two-hour call. I love you, call. Zoe. I, know, I, I love so you, Zoe. Fun. Oh, my gosh. This I is could so keep good. talking, but I need some sleep. <laughs> we could. We could just go on forever. And you no, need I do love you. It's yes. such a blessing, though. I really appreciate you inviting me. I really can't wait to have more chats. Can't wait to talk about how it died. All of that business. I, oh, yes. Oh, yes. We have to do that. Okay. We're going to have to over text. We'll have to mm-hmm. figure out when we're going to have our next conversation. I love that. Um, and then we're going to just do it. You and me. Yeah. 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 Because yeah, <laughs> yeah, I want to yeah. hear all about that, too. I love it. I can't wait to hear so much more from you, too, my love. I know. I have to tell you my stories of almost dying, too. Mm. Intrigue and mystery as we leave today. <laughs> I love it. I love you, Zoe. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much. And so, how can people get a hold of you? Oh, wow. I never even thought about that. <laughs> well, if people want to follow um, your work and things like that, yeah, well, I, how can they do that? I've been using um, Instagram primarily for okay. uh, visual arts work and poetry work. Um, and that's under Iobuto de Capacci, Wolf Child, which I will type out and I will make sure that that's available because um, I don't think anyone's going to remember that. Otherwise, you can search Liana, L-I-A-N-A, H-L-U-P-A-S-C-U, and you should be able to turn me up on Instagram. Okay. Alrighty. Thank I'm you so, so bad much. At that sort of stuff. I'm going to work on it. Maybe I'll even work. put some more stuff up by the time Thank this you. Ends. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. All right, y'all. I hope that you enjoyed this spe- very special solstice episode. <laughs> I'm going to put this up right away. And uh, this is Zoe Flowers. And I'll talk to y'all soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs>